Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Hopefully everyone is recharged and ready for the second half of the season because the New York Jets, after the bye week, are still 6-3. and three. Tied with the Bills, though, now for second place in the AFC East behind the Dolphins. Prime for a run to the playoffs. I am Tim McMaster, along with the Athletics Jets reporter Zach Rosenblatt and our producer Marissa Dunn. Lots to get to on the show. We're going to talk about how the team's looking coming out of the bye week as far as health goes. Uh, we're going to check in on our preseason predictions and we're going to fix them because they've already <laughs> kind of gone wrong. Zach actually made some predictions in writing for the athletic last week. We'll touch on those a little bit and we're going to take your questions. We'll turn this into a little bit of a mailbag. So, uh, Marissa, you want everyone to throw questions into the chat? You're going to monitor yeah, them, submit them into the, the chat and then uh, we'll we'll pick some good ones or things we haven't talked about. So looks like we already got a few that look pretty good. So, yeah, right. off to a good start. All right, we will get to that a little bit later in the show. We're going to start with the fact that Zach didn't just sit around and veg <laughs> during the bye week, but actually squeezed in a little vacation. Good for you uh, <laughs> down in New Orleans. How was uh, I? The only thing I know about your trip is that you ate an alligator po' boy. Yes, an alligator sausage po' boy, which actually looked wow. delicious. The fried green tomato. Yeah, the food in New Orleans is absolutely amazing. I. I love New Orleans. I've been there many times. I've friends. never been to New Orleans. Yeah, I have a lot of friends. In, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. But after a weekend, I'm always just like, drained. You know, you're, you know, they, they, they know how to drink. <laughs> um, uh, they know they have great food. And I, and when, when I'm there, you know, it's a thing where you know when you host somebody who's visiting you, you feel like you have to hit all the restaurants in one weekend kind of thing. And it's kind of like that every time I'm there. So I'm very full. I had a great meal before I left. They're known for their red beans and rice. So I had some red beans and rice with uh, pork chop and uh, there was like cornbread and hush puppies. Like it's all Southern food is just so, so damn good. Um, yeah, I, I, I love New Orleans. If, if anybody hasn't been yet, I highly recommend going. Are you, are you a not during a bye week? Guy, I'll what, say, what do you? Uh, oh, no, it's the beverage. When I, when I go, I hang out with locals and locals don't go to Bourbon Street. So. Right. right. <laughs> and so I've been to Bourbon like once or twice. And the only time I've been, uh, my friend only would. He's like, I'll only go during the day. We can go during the day if you want to go to Bourbon because they, they don't feel safe when they go there, I guess. So um, it's like yeah. Times Square in New York, right? Yeah, I would say it wasn't exactly I mean, it's real, different uh, than Times yeah, Square. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little crazy. But the locals but, uh, don't go. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend going during a bye week if you plan on getting some rest and relaxation because I think I'm more tired than when, when I was last talking to you guys. So although I can't really speak because Marissa's been up all night. So no, I'm good. Oh, you're covering that done. previously undefeated football team. <laughs> yeah, no, no more undefeated teams in the NFL now. So, not to sidetrack too much, but I just saw a tweet from like because I'm down at my parents and they're in the Philly area from the from the radio station, the, the morning show from the big radio station here. They asked a WIP? question of whether, whether they should whether they should fire the defensive coordinator. Oh, <laughs> I'm like oh, that's well, Philly, so, baby. 
so there is a lot of talk about the yeah they don't like gannon there yeah gannon yeah jonathan gannon um and you know even on birds with friends last night like who was more to blame yesterday the defense (laughs) or the offense you know the offense turned the ball over three times but yeah so spoiled yeah spoiled fans there but um yeah we'll see if they they turn turn it around because it was not the best showing oh, that was, the commanders that was rough, last yeah. night so all right well let's move things up the uh, jersey turnpike a little bit to this new york jets team <laughs> nice and um let's check in first of all on health because you go to the bye week and you always hope that when you come out of the bye week you're getting some people back from injuries because the nfl season is such a grind and that is true a little bit but you wish it'd be a little bit more um so max mitchell um is back at practice he can practice this week but Corey Davis day to day, George Fant still out, Sheldon Rankin still out. That said, overall that's not great, Zach. But offensive line help, whew, they need that. Yeah, Mac. Yeah, Max Mitchell getting his practice window activated. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be quite ready to come back yet. Who knows though? Like when Dwayne Brown had his activated, he played that week. Although he's yep. a veteran and all that stuff, they're not going to rush Mitchell back. Um, I mean, the the, the Patriots D line played pretty well against this O line before the the Bills game. So they could use any reinforcements they can get. I think Mitchell will, whenever he's healthy enough, will replace uh, Cedric at right tackle. But yeah, that's positive news. George Fan is a little more concerning because uh, he's been out even longer than Mitchell, I believe. And that knee was an issue since last season. He heard it last year and it's still lingering is kind of concerning. So I, I'm curious to see if and when he plays. Corey Davis, you were hoping you could get him back. The fact that they're still calling him day to day is not a great sign. Uh, he's pretty important piece of the offense. I think he's kind of gotten underrated a little bit. Denzel Mims has played really well. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, I don't know if we knew how long he was going to be out yet at the time, the last time we spoke. Uh, but I think the, I think they, it was something like three to six weeks or four to six weeks, something like that. I, they sounded a little more optimistic about it. He's important. They don't have a lot of depth on the defensive line, so uh, they're going to wind up having to play guys like Nathan Shepard and Solomon Thomas a lot. And, probably call up someone like Tanzel Smart or Jonathan Marshall from the practice squad until they get Rankins back. But he he's a leader and he's one of our uh, funny. He's uh, one of our like go to locker room guys. So he's he's getting talked to by reporters like pretty much every time he's in the locker room and he always is happy to talk. So we're losing one of our key quote guys, which is that's actually um, something that I meant to bring up to you. And then he got hurt. So yeah. I couldn't. but literally every if you go through the Jets beat, and read all the, the yeah, it's, it's always Rankins yeah. on Mondays. Every single article has Sheldon Rankins and it's always good. Like that's the, it's kind of the problem. I feel there's, there's times where I have to like stop myself because I'll be doing a story on somebody and I'm like, I know he'll give me a great answer, but I can't go to him for every single story I do, <laughs> especially if it's not like it has nothing to do with him. So I, it's, it's funny when, when a guy's like that good and that willing to talk, like everybody's going to capitalize on it. Every NFL team needs that, I feel yeah. like. And and I, I also feel like, like obviously, as a media, you appreciate having that guy. I, I remember when I was um, in Pennsylvania working in, in local sports, um, I would go down to Philly every Wednesday for the, uh, you know, the head coach quarterback day of press conference. And we go in the locker room, get as much sound as we could. And I can't even remember who the guy was, but maybe it was Jeremiah Trotter on those mm-hmm. teams. But there was always there's always a guy. And. The media obviously appreciates a guy you can go yeah, to, yeah, yeah. but I think the team does too, right? Because like everyone else is kind of hanging around, <laughs> the locker, hope, hoping the media Nobody doesn't wander them, yeah. by and the, the mob doesn't show, especially in big markets like New York and Philadelphia, where, you know, they'd open up the locker room. There'd be 50 of us in there, right? Standing around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that the players appreciate their there being a guy that that's willing to take it for the team, so to speak. Yeah, Philly, that, that was always Brandon Graham. Uh, New York, I was never in the locker room for the Giants, so I don't even really have any. It probably would have been like Logan Ryan or somebody like that. Yeah, that, that guy loved like the a, a go-to um, Zoom interview. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's the <laughs> man. That that was a that was a struggle those two years, man. But uh, but yeah, Sheldon Rankins, tough loss, but uh, yeah, I don't know their their defense is. This is a talented defense, so they can stop. They can, you know, weather the storm without him for a few weeks. I saw they they put in a waiver claim for a uh, dude that was just cut by the the chart, Jerry Tillery. He was claimed by somebody else. I'm blanking on what team picked him up, but the Jets put in a claim. And as I joked on Twitter, the Jets are now too good to have priority in the waiver claim order. <laughs> That's like where we've gotten. They can't usually they'd be the team that be able to claim a guy like that because they're at the top, but they're uh, six and three, and all. I mean, we're gonna get into the AFC East, but they're in good position right now. Um, you mentioned Corey Davis being day to day, and that brings up something in your prediction article, which was that at some point in the second half, Elijah Moore, um, will not be active for a game, which it's just so like makes sense right now. But if you go back to like the preseason or the summer, it's just like stunning. Um, so every day that Corey Davis is day to day, keeps him out, I guess, keeps Elijah Moore yep. with a chance to do something. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I, I just think when everybody's healthy, I don't know. It's I Robert Sala was on and got interviewed by Josina Anderson. Uh and he said basically he finally like admitted that they moved Elijah Moore to the slot. Like that's his position now. And that's always kind of been what the fan base has been pulling for. It's what he was good at in college. Never really played that as a rookie, even though he was pretty productive as a rookie. So they're clearly doing stuff to like try and get him more involved in theory. But the, I go back to and and this is kind of what I wrote there. So you're not going to carry six receivers on game day. Uh, Garrett Wilson is locked in as a wide receiver one right now. He has to be on the field no matter what. Uh, he's been playing on the outside. You have Corey Davis and Denzel Mims, who are both primarily outside receivers. I think Mims has earned a role, especially because he's a good run blocker. And so if both Mims and Davis are playing, you kind of have to play Wilson more in the slot again, at least when you're playing three receivers. And so where does that leave Elijah Moore? Like They clearly don't want to put him on the outside anymore. And Braxton Berrios is going to have a role in this offense at all times. They love those little reverses to him. Uh, he's not going anywhere, especially because he's a top returner. So then it comes down to Elijah Moore or Jeff Smith. And obviously, like you sh you should probably play Elijah Moore over Jeff Smith, but this this coaching staff loves Jeff Smith and he plays on special teams. So that's where, that's why I think, like I, I'm less confident since Salah said the slot receiver thing, but I also, like what is Elijah Moore's role if he's not playing in the slot or on the outside? Like he doesn't play really on special teams. So um I don't know. It's just something to keep an eye on. If Corey Davis doesn't get healthy, the problem solves itself and and Elijah will be active. Or if somebody else gets hurt, which is certainly possible, then it solves itself. Like he that's the crazy thing is, and you kind of mentioned this, like it's just the talent obviously is there. He was really good last year. It almost feels like a distant memory at this point. Uh, but so you, you would think you want to get the most talented guys in the field, but it just doesn't seem like they have a role for him anymore. And it's uh, kind of sad to see. Yeah, it's just weird for sure. Um, all right, well, we found out what you, Zach, were doing in the bye week. Let's talk about the other Zach, the one with an H instead of a K. <laughs> um, you know, he he goes into the bye week coming off a game that was definitely a step in the right direction. The win over the Bills, the numbers were good. You know, he, it's what we want to see from him. There weren't, you know, the turnovers and the numbers weren't crazy, but it was efficient. Yeah. Um, so then he gets a week to, I would assume, you know, reflect study kind of look into all that stuff so 
what do you think second half Zach looks like after seeing how first half Zach ended against Buffalo? I mean, you, you hope that that Patriots game just serves as the lesson. And we're really going to find out if that is the case when they go to New England this week, if he is still making the same mistakes that he did before or where he's forcing the throws and stuff. And, you know, it's interesting. You, you look around the league and it seems like the quarterback play across the board is like so down. Like there's so these quarterbacks are all making these like backbreaking mistakes. Even Justin Fields, who ran for like 150 yards, like is making these bad turnovers late in games. And Josh uh, Allen on Josh Sunday Allen is again. Oh. Josh Allen is losing games for his team. Like it, it, it does feel like we're at a place where unless you have like Patrick Mahomes, who is like clearly another level, like the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes debate isn't really a debate anymore. I don't think, I think it's pretty obvious he has worse weapons and he's better clearly. So um, if, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, like you just need a quarterback who, if you have a good enough roster, which the jets do, as we've talked about, you just need a quarterback to run the offense and not turn the ball over. And if they can keep the running game going where it is, like this team can win a lot of games. They can win the AFC East based on what's transpired. Uh, so again, the, the hope, you don't necessarily need Zach to be a star. And, you know, eventually you have that discussion of, is he as good as the draft pick we assigned to him? Like, you know, when the fifth year option discussion comes in a year or two or whatever, like there's all that, like this off, off season, the conversation is going to be, is he good enough to take them to the next step, which would be like Super Bowl contention and uh, whether he's shown that yet or not. But for now, all, all they need is him to run the offense, manage the game. They're going to run the ball a lot. Don't turn the ball over, make the right decisions. And they're going to be in really good shape at the end of the year. Yeah, and we'll see if we can do it. And thanks, uh, Franco, correcting me in the chat. He did have a turnover against the Bills, not yeah. an interception, but the, yeah, after the after Skycam uh, situation, yeah, yeah. So we'll just blame the Skycam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Appreciate the uh, the fact checking on the chat always. Um, all right, why don't we take a, a quick break here? Then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the AFC East and how. Suddenly, it looks just kind of wide open. We're going to revisit our picks as well, and then eventually we'll get to your questions on this edition of the Can't Wait Podcast. All right, let's talk about the AFC East. The Dolphins are 7-3, first place. Half game back, you have the Jets and Bills at 6-3. and three. Patriots, a game over 500 at 5-4, and four, and obviously that game coming up this weekend. But the key to those that situation also, the Jets beat the Bills and beat the Dolphins. So at this point, they play them both again, obviously, but they have the... Uh, the tiebreakers for those games as well. Um, Dolphins are hot. They've won four in a row after settling in at three and three. But when you look at this, we joked, I feel like a couple of weeks ago, Zach, about, well, you know, if depending on what happens with the Bills, if they were to somehow win that game, ha, 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 you have to start thinking about the division being a possibility. Here we are. And especially after the Bills looked I don't want to say they look bad. I mean, the Vikings are obviously that very game was good. crazy. The Vikings, the Vikings are eight and one. The game was was nuts. The Bills come up with the, if anyone didn't see it, the Bills come up with the goal line stand in the final minute to ice the game. But then Allen fumbles the snap at the goal line, trying to run out the clock. The Vikings recovered for a touchdown to take the lead. Then Allen leads the Bills in thirty five seconds down the field into field goal range, almost in touchdown. A touchdown. They tie it. The Vikings get a field goal in overtime, and then Allen throws the pick when they look like they were driving again in overtime to, to ice the game for the Vikings. I mean, it was it was crazy. in a minute that game had like a season's worth of craziness. I, I there were so many tweets like declaring the game over. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like over and over again, they're like, oh well, the Bills win. Wow, the Vikings won. Well, the Bills win. I'm like you guys got to chill. Just wait till the game ends. <laughs> that was that was a wild sequence of events. I like, couldn't keep my. I was like. 
people were all I was in New Orleans and people were all like doing stuff and talking. I'm like ignoring them completely, just like staring at the TV. <laughs> it was it's wild. definitely getting like game game of the year promotion yeah, word, at yeah. this point. Well, and that We're Justin Jefferson catch year. was like the oh, best yeah, catch I didn't of all even time. Say that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he took the Odell Beckham catch and like took it to a new level. I don't even know how he like like the physics of how he was able to do what he did and hold on to the ball and take it away from that guy. I guess that was wild. Um, but yeah, I mean the Bills lost and um like all four AFC East teams right now are in the playoffs, which is just like great. Like it probably won't finish that way. You would think who knows though. NFC been... too could have, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. yeah with especially with Washington winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. The NFL is like as wide open as I can remember, ever remember. Although it does feel like the chiefs are kind of the team to beat right now. Um, but yeah, you know, that it played out as good as it could have for the jets. You know, they're not going to play the dolphins for it. The dolphins are hot right now. They're probably the scariest team in the division. Especially because Tua is playing at a level that I don't think anybody expected. So they don't play the Dolphins until the end of the season. So you don't necessarily have to worry about them outside of just hoping they lose some games. So you can fo- they already beat the Dolphins once, so they have the tiebreaker. So th- this Patriots game is gonna we're gonna look back. This is probably like the most important game on their schedule ultimately. Like if they if they lose this game, you know, they can still make the playoffs, obviously, but I feel like the division becomes a little bit harder uh if you lost both games to the Patriots and then the Patriots are right there with you record wise and uh, you got another. You have to play the Bills on the road, which is going to be a challenge, and then you have to play the Dolphins on the road at the end of the year. If they beat the Patriots, then it's just like not only can they win the division, they can get a pretty good seed in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw somebody tweet about this. It's like the the range, the wide range of outcomes based on Sunday. Like if they win, they could lead the division and like be the number two seed, and if they lose, they could fall all the way to fourth place in division. I think and like out of the playoffs or something like that. <laughs> like that's. That's how I mean, it's early. It's like really early before like the standings really matter that much. But it's uh, it's it's an important game. It's going to be a good measuring stick to see uh, if the Jets are capable of like building on what they just saw. The Patriots coming off a bye are always scary because Bill Belichick is as good as anybody coming off a bye. I feel like um, you'd hope that being refreshed will help a lot of the guys on, on the Jets that have been playing a lot, uh, especially, you know, especially on defense. They do that defensive line rotation already. And then these guys just had a week off. So you hope that's a good thing for them. And that Quinn Williams, you know, comes back refreshed and ready to keep dominating and stuff like that. Uh, but Zach Wilson will ultimately be the, the ultimate test. Cause they would have beat the Patriots last time as everybody remembers, if he doesn't throw those picks. So uh, if he can do his job, I, I think the jets have a better team than the, than the Patriots do, which is, you know, it's not even a controversial thing to say, which is crazy enough. Um, you know, Mac Jones has looked pretty bad. So if Zach Wilson just does his job and the defense keeps playing like it does, they should win this game. I think it's helpful that it's so soon after that first meeting that 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 bad yeah. taste is definitely still in the mouth of these Jets fans. They're like, I mean, these Jets players, they they clearly like didn't take that loss well, right? Like everyone went into that game expecting to like get revenge for the blowout loss where the Patriots piled on a year ago. You're at home and you lose to them again. I mean, that's those wounds are still fresh. I think uh, coming out of the bye week. Um, all right, let's let's go through the schedule the rest of the way. See what we think. We're gonna quickly revisit what happened in the first half and what we <laughs> and that that didn't go well. We started well, Zach. Marissa did not make the picks in the first half of the season because uh, the Browns are on the schedule, but she's in for the second half. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it the, can't be worse than my can't wait picks every week. <laughs> the Ravens. Uh, we both had them losing to the Ravens, Zach. We both had them beating the Browns. We both had them losing to the Bengals. We were rolling. I had them beating the Steelers. 
four for four. You had them losing to the Steelers. Then you had them beating the Dolphins. I had them losing to the Dolphins. So through those first five weeks, we were both four and one. And then we both had actually the same picks for those next four weeks. Packers, Broncos, Patriots, Bills. And we're completely wrong. We had wins (laughs) versus... We had a win versus the Patriots and losses yeah. versus Packers, Broncos, and Bills. Obviously, it went exactly <laughs> the opposite, opposite way. Um, and that's where we sit right now. So we're going to reset and go through the rest of the schedule. Patriots first. Now, we both have them beating the Patriots the first time. And we both have them losing to the Patriots this time in New England. I am going to change my pick and say that they win on Sunday. What do you think? I, I also am going to say that they win. Yeah. Marissa? I say win. Coming All off right. strong three. off the off the bye. Three for three. Uh Bears. We both had wins. I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, I think they the Bears are a little feistier now, but yeah, I, I still think they beat them. Me too. All right. Uh Vikings. I had a win. You had a loss. I'm gonna actually switch my victory to a loss. Um, what do you think? Uh, I guess the hmm. Winning three in a row, and that's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say loss as well. <laughs> I don't, and it's I don't, in Minnesota. That's yeah. a tough place to play. Right, I don't want to keep doing all the same picks, but it's hard not it's hard yeah. not to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're at home for that one, aren't they? Vikings. No. Oh, it's in Minnesota. No, they're at Minnesota. Yeah. But okay. It's a very cool stadium. If any Jets fans are like, I've been once. Yeah. Trip. Oh, yeah, it's very, cool. Very cool. It will be cold. Like it's right? it's an the indoor stadium, so you don't worry about how cold it will be. They do make it snow. Um. In really. Yes, part of their intro. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Ball from the ceiling. Um, but they could have saved a lot of money by just not putting. Yeah, opening the roof. (laughs) But highly recommend if you're thinking about it to do it. So, yeah. All right, then uh, at Bills, uh, we both had losses the first time. I'll stick with the loss. Yeah, I'm also gonna say loss there. Yep. We are in sync here. Uh, I think this it makes sense because we know a lot more about this team. Exactly. And you know more a lot about other teams as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lions uh, preseason. I had a win. You actually had them losing to the Lions, uh, which looked even better early in the season. The the Lions playing a little bit better. They beat the Bears. Yeah, uh, this week. But anyway, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the win against the Lions. Yeah. If you lose to the Lions, that's pretty. I mean, like you, I've been waiting for like the loss that they're not supposed to have kind of thing to happen. And I feel like that would be the one. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a win there. I think if they lose that game, they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, especially if it's going to be as close as it looks like it's going to be in the division. Yeah. Marissa. Uh, it's a win. I think. Win. Uh, Jaguars. We both had wins. I'll stick with the win. Yeah. yeah win. Win. I, it win. could be a sneaky loss though. The Jaguars yeah, that are is weird, a... but <laughs> I think, I think win. <laughs> Uh, Seahawks, we both had them winning because we thought the Seahawks were a bad football team. I'm actually going to switch that to a loss. I think they lose in Seattle. So I'm, I'll change it up here and I'll say they win in Seattle. You actually had them winning too. Okay, so that's the first. I'm saying one changing it up, changing it up yep. from you. I'm saying yeah. Yep. So we have something yep. different. <laughs> I, I mean, that'll be a good game. I think that's like that's a flex candidate because that's a that's a nobody would have expected this, but that's going to be like a seeding decision game. Yeah. Actually, yeah. like. True. Especially if they take dead. care of business against the Lions and Jaguars, that game becomes yeah, yeah. exactly. They they'll be in a really good place at that point going yeah. to Seattle. Marissa, yeah, I think I unfortunately think it's a loss. You think it's a loss too. All right, and finally at Miami, we both had it as a loss. I think they still lose that game. I, I think they could potentially win that if 
like Miami rests people, depending on Good how point. Miami's been doing. Um, if they're Getting in the playoffs win, and they don't have the, you know, Tua might not yeah. play. Jets could need Good it. Good point. If they somehow wrap the division up in 16 weeks. Yep. Yeah. What do you think, Zach? I'm I'm gonna say loss on that. So I think loss. that would that so would I'll have go me win. with yeah, I would have them with 11 wins at that point. Yeah, which I think is all right. What I want. So I have them with. I think I have 10 and set six and three, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Wait, I can't do math. <laughs> I think you have them. Yeah, I have 11. Also. I yeah. have 11 and six. You have 11 and six also. So 11 and six, obviously, safely. Um, yeah, they're making the playoffs at 11 wins. In the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. I think to 10, um, so 10, could... 10, win, 10 wins is last year, every team that won 10 games made it. Not every team that won nine games made it. So that's the line. If they only win nine games, that means they went. They only won three games in this last stretch. It wouldn't be ideal, right. but a winning record, like if you had said before the season, Jets finished nine and eight, everybody would have been ecstatic. And, and now if they have nine and eight and they missed the playoffs, people might be a little upset. You mentioned the seeding game in Seattle. I mean, you could see it where 11 and six gets them a home game, whereas 10 and seven, they have to travel for the wild card weekend, right? Like that, that feels like a definite possibility. So that comes down to possibly that game in Seattle and and whether the the Dolphins rest people and all that stuff could come into play, yeah. whether they get to that 11th win. But I, I, sh- uh, I should say Taylor called me out here. So we, I did an article about the the coin flip guy, uh, Alex Noon. <laughs> and he said, yeah. uh, I can't believe he can't believe that I ignored it for my predictions. So Alex, Alex had the Jets losing their next two games, but still finishing yep. 11 wins and making it all the way to the AFC champion, not Alex, the coin, not mm-hmm. uh, making all this. We have, we're gonna we'll talk about Alex more on our pod later in the week because we have the video. He did a he used his coin for picks for us this last week and his, the coin was was perfect. So it's uh, pretty unreal. Three and three and <laughs> He was two and one actually. So yeah, uh, but yeah, that coin is perfect. Um, all right, let's go through just for fun our over unders before the season. Then we'll take a mm. break and, and take questions um, after that. So over unders going into the season. Zach Wilson ten and a half starts. We all said over. He's at six right now. Feels good. As long as he's yeah, gonna it's, start it's, five if he's healthy, he's he'll he'll start the rest of the game. So yep. All right, so we're good there. Zach Wilson, fifteen touchdown passes. Ooh. I said under. You both said over. He's at four. Yeah, that <laughs> the, I mean, oh, man. I feel good about that. But I mean, eleven touchdown passes in eight. I mean, games. In, in theory, if it would it would just take like one big game to all of a sudden be like, okay, he's gonna get there. But yeah. we haven't we haven't seen that out of him yet, so I'm not as confident in that one. All right, then the the kind of depressing section of the over under is Brees, Brees Hall, Hall yeah. 1100 total yards from scrimmage. He he was already pretty close to that. Like he had like 600 something, I think. Yeah. So me and Marissa said under. Zach, you said over. He obviously he was at 681. He had yeah, 463 is... on the ground, 218 passing. He would have shattered yeah. 1100 yards if not for the injury. So that's that's kind of off the board. Uh, Elijah Moore, six and a half Ooh. touchdown catches. Yeah. Oh now remember he had five last year. Yeah. Yeah. He has obviously zero. I said over Rissa, You said over too. Zach. You, you said under, and that's going to be, <laughs> I clearly knew what was going to happen yeah. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson. We were all wrong on the rookie receiver, 750 receiving yards. We all said under. He's at 521 already. Yeah, wow. unless he, that's another if he's healthy, he's getting past that, obviously. So. Yeah, maybe in the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, Sauce Gardner. Now, this was a good over under three and a half interceptions Ooh, was where yeah. we set the line. And he's at two. We yeah. all said over. 
I feel like he's going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one because his whole thing for a while was that he wanted to get that first pick. So, um, yeah, that's Mac uh, Jones. This week. Carl Lawson, I listened to it back and was weird. Somehow only Zach actually made a prediction. We <laughs> set it at eight and a half sacks, uh, which would tie a career high. He said four. Zach said under. So that could go either way still. Yeah. And then finally, Quinn and Williams, seven and a half sacks. His career high was seven coming into the season. He's already at seven. So <laughs> uh, me and Zach said over, Marissa said under. So that's definitely. <laughs> but always good. to. It's fun to. Read I, also, I also predicted Bryce Huff getting like eight sacks. <laughs> you actually predicted 10. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you said like close to double digits. That <laughs> okay. was how you phrased it. Uh, he's at one and a half. But I will say. He didn't play the first couple weeks, yeah. and while he's not going to get to ten sacks, he's Should been a big, a few, yeah. big part of this defense, right? Absolutely, I mean, he's yeah. had big plays, so uh, so you get like half credit for that. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> all right, great. I, we want to get to your questions, Marissa. Let's take a quick break and open up the mailbag for the rest of the show. All right, time to open up the mid-season mailbag, Marissa. You have the keys. Um, fire it up. Yeah, so a lot of good questions, and this one first caught my eye because we just a little talked about it with our predictions. This comes from Brandy. He said, question, if we get to nine wins and don't make the playoffs, is that a disappointment? Preseason line was five and a half. I do not think that would be a disappointment. I, I Again, you have to like remember what the expectations were coming in here. It would be a disappointment in the sense that they were in position to compete for the playoffs, and then they didn't get there kind of thing, but um yeah, I think you you still are happy with nine wins, although it's not ideal that you only won three at the end, like that kind of thing. But you go into next year, nine and eight, you feel good about this roster and you know you know where the holes are and what you need to fix. I think that the fans would be very disappointed. Though. Yeah, I am curious to see how that would play out, especially depending on where those losses are coming from as well. Yeah. All right, good question to start us off. All right, this one is from Hojo. With Elijah Moore in the slot and possibly succeeding for the rest of the season, what does that say about Barrios's future post 2022? Uh, I mean, I think they love Barrios. I don't think they're he's going anywhere. He's Zach Wilson's best friend. Uh, he's the returner. Um, they still work him into the offense. I mean, he plays more than Elijah Moore right now. So uh, I don't see him going anywhere, though. I, I, I think he maybe is used a little bit too much on offense personally, and they probably you know, his contract, I don't know, for a guy that's mainly a returner, they might have overpaid him, but he has value in the building. So I don't see him going anywhere. I, I would honestly love to see Elijah Moore get some of those little reverses, though. Yeah. To get to Barrios just because of the speed factor. Yeah. I know Barrios does a good job with them and he's shifty, kind of knows when to cut it upfield. But like, I just think more in, in that same, in those same exact plays, it'd be neat to see. That's what I always kind of thought they would do with Elijah Moore. Yeah, agreed. Okay, this question is more bigger picture NFL, but applies to things with the Jets. Do you think we are finally at the point where the NFL has adjusted personnel towards stopping the pass enough that passing games are unable to dominate and running games are able to? Well, just for start off, they're passing up. Huh. I, I don't know. I still feel like it is a passing league at the end of the day. I just feel like the quarterbacks, the, like the quality of quarterback playing the league has gone down in a way that I wouldn't have predicted. But the rules are still geared towards protecting quarterbacks, protecting receivers. And so I feel like it'll 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 probably come back around to that. I don't like especially as you get to the playoffs. I don't know if many teams are gonna be able to win just running the ball every play. So I'm curious to see if it plays out if it keeps going the way it is. There are way more run first teams than there's been in a long time, which is very interesting. 
I wonder if that'll affect, because we've gotten to a point where, you know, running backs are, when you think of the pay scale, have just kind of moved so far down yeah, compared yeah. to what it used to be when it was a running back league and you had like Barry Sanders and guys like that who were had these big, you know, contracts. And now every team wants to have multiple running backs to rotate and the the contracts just aren't there for these guys. I wonder if if that could change or if there's just so many good running backs that the supply and demand is off for them. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure uh, our Dane Brugler has talked a lot about um this is an upcoming strong running back class. So I wonder if that will. And happen. and the free agency class is full of running backs too, like Saquon and there's some other guys. Yeah. And you, you can see it in the draft, right? Like running backs, just, they don't go in the first round anymore. It's, yeah. it's great. I mean, Saquon, obviously you can Brees, say what you will. Brees about Hall, the, second uh, round pick. The yeah. Giants front office taking Saquon Barkley when they did. But <laughs> yeah. 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 Hall obviously a little bit later, but yeah, it is. It's weird how that position has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting question from John. Okay. This one's from Rohan. Question for Zach. What QB would you say Zach's is Zach Wilson's ceiling? Like at his best, who do you think Zach Wilson could be? Huh. That's a good question. Um there was a I'm blanking on who it was. There's there I like there I heard a comparison. I, I so I think like Carson Wentz, like good Carson Wentz, I would say would be his ceiling. Like because he he's got a similar like gunslinger mentality. He makes mistakes that you don't really understand. Carson Wentz, when he was at his best, which was obviously in 20, uh, 2017 before he got hurt, he was still pretty good in 2018 and 19 when he led him to the playoffs. Like like 2018-19 Carson Wentz, I feel like, is is a good goal for Zach Wilson to have. A guy that can make every throw, uh, can move. Uh, maybe he's going to make some mistakes here every now and then. I think that's always going to be a part of Zach's game. But I, I think good Carson Wentz would be his ceiling, and bad Carson Wentz would be his floor. So. <laughs> I was going to say Carson Wentz was an MVP. Yeah. You know, that before that injury, people like forget that because it's gone yeah. way off the rails, obviously. Yeah. It certainly has. All right. Okay. This one is from Andrew. Do we anticipate any other further depth signings, maybe on the defensive line? Yeah. I think the fact that they try claiming a guy like Jerry Tillery, I, I think that tells you they maybe want to add a defensive tackle at some point. Um, I know they worked out Linval Joseph a few weeks ago. You're not going to get anybody at this point of the year that's going to make a huge impact unless you're like Odell Beckham and they're not signing him. So um, it's not going to be anybody that I think you'll see like make an impact in games necessarily, but I can see them signing a veteran depth guy or if another guy like Tillery gets cut, maybe you claim him kind of thing. But yeah, I, I wouldn't anticipate anything that'll make a you know, real impact. Okay. This question is from Luke. Is there a chance the Jets and Mosley could restructure his contract again so he can stay? Um, So they already restructured it to the point where if they cut him this next offseason, it's it's going to be a decent dead cap hit. I, I he clearly is very important to this defense. His contract is huge, so maybe you work out an extension to reduce the cap hit, or like you said, you restructure it. I I, I think they don't want to get rid of him, although they do need to find ways to clear money because they don't really have. They're in the bottom half of the league in cap space going into next year, so you have some interesting decisions with Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, a lot of guy, all the guys hitting free agency. Like there's a lot of interesting decisions coming. They're probably going to have to make some hard decisions. Uh, on some of these guys and CJ Mosley, I don't see going anywhere, but you know, I, I think that contract is a tough one because it's a pretty big cap hit. It's funny. It feels like when Mosley first came, you know, there was some like, why would that guy come from the Ravens here? And then he gets the injury and then he sits the year out. And yeah. now suddenly it just feels like he really wants to be a part of what's going on here. Yeah. And it, finally, after the 
you know, what it took to get to this point in where the Jets are. Yeah, well, Belichick actually had a quote, uh, I think it was last week. He was talking about another player, I forget who it was, from another team. And and so he brought up out of the blue C.J. Mosley because apparently some guys on other teams were like, calling out what plays they were they were going to do before they were coming. And C.J. Mosley was one of those guys. And he's like, C.J. Mosley is just so smart and that he could just see everything happening and figure out what we're doing kind of thing. That's kind of like the impact of him because I think he's not like athletically what he used to be. I, I think he's not as good in like coverage as you would love. But like he brings way more than like what you're going to see on the stat sheet. And he gets a lot of tackles, which tackles is an overrated stat. So I wouldn't really think too much about that. But the, the, the importance to this team is, is very obvious and the importance to the defense and if you remove him uh, and it's just Quincy Williams and Quan Alexander, like you can get by, but I don't think those guys are going to be able to read the offense as well. Okay. This also about contracts and the defense. Can the Jets afford to re-sign Quinn to a monster deal if he keeps up the pace? Or do you think Joe D likes the defensive line depth enough to spend money elsewhere? Yeah. Quinn Williams is not going anywhere. He's going to get a monster deal and he's going to deserve, you don't, you don't get rid of a, Aaron Donald level player if you have him kind of thing unless you're offered like a bunch of first round picks I guess but he he's going to come back he's going to make a lot of money assuming he stays healthy the rest of the year uh I think it'll be somewhere in the range of like 23 to 26 million dollars a year which is a lot but you can you can structure it in a way that the cap hits low in the beginning and you know it's huge later and you deal with that when you get to it kind of thing it be I mean I think it's good for locker room culture too to just like actually pay up on somebody right like so guys because obviously the jets have had situations where people have wanted money demanded trades been sent away and all these things and and those probably weren't the right players to spend the money on but here's the guy that is right like a prime position uh doing what he does prime of his career like this is the guy that you pay more than anyone else well and the the best sign that you're doing things right is if you're signing your draft picks a second contracts because the jets haven't had a lot of guys like that in recent years that they keep for their second contract and if you're not only keeping quinn and williams but you're paying him as you know the second highest paid defensive tackle in the league then that that's a good thing and not a bad thing yeah definitely okay last one and this will lead us into our next episode next uh later in the week zach you're lafleur what's your plan versus belichick with zach the running game etc yeah, they got away from the run the last time they played the Patriots, and that's kind of what led to Zach Wilson getting out of the pocket and making those throws where he's trying to get it out of bounds or wasn't or whatever. Um, so I think you you see you want a game plan like the one against the Bills because the Bills have a better defense than the Patriots. So it's quick passes, it's running the ball a lot, and it's it's getting the explosive plays when they're there, and you know getting the ball to Garrett Wilson a lot and things like that. So I think getting the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands is the recipe for success in this passing game. They were not doing that the entire season really before that bills game. So I, I, that's what I would do. And I'm sure the, the Patriots are going to expect that you're going to have to go in knowing that they're expecting it. Um, get the ball out of your hands quickly. Don't let Matthew Judon wreck the game like he did last time. Don't let Zach Wilson make those mistakes. Just they need to establish the run this game. Uh, Michael Carter, James Robinson, both looked really, really good against a really good bills run defense. If those guys can keep it going, especially after a week off, I'm sure week off will be especially good for James Robinson with his knee. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I would do. I, I would quick hits, run the ball, kill the clock, uh, and then force Mac Jones to make some mistakes on the other end. All right. Well, we will have more on the Patriots, obviously, later in the week. But yeah. I actually have one question. Hmm. Um, what did Chris Jubler do during the bye week? <laughs> he went to South Dakota. 
I saw that on Instagram because that, that's where he played in uh, college before he transferred. Forget where he went, or maybe he stayed. South, I don't know. South Dakota State. Yes, he, I, we should know this better than. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he went. I saw he went back to South Dakota, and he like took a picture with like uh, some a buddy who works there or something like that. That's how I know that. And it's funny. I, I had a I had a friend text me. I he's like, what What would you say if I told you I see Chris Streveler at this bar in Hoboken? I'm like, <laughs> well, I know it's not him because I know he's in South Dakota right now. But that, he's like, well, this guy looks exactly like him. So <laughs> if he's in South Dakota, like University hunt, of hunting. South Dakota. Oh, he went to USD. Okay. Yeah. I have a little familiarity. I don't know if I've told you guys. I did spend two and a half years in South yes. Dakota in my life. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Rapid City, which is a little not near either of those schools. Both uh, both of the big school, the big schools, South yeah. Dakota State and, and South Dakota, which is a big rivalry. They're both out on the eastern side of the state, closer mm. to Sioux Falls. Rapid City, where I was, is out west, which is Mount Rushmore and the Badlands. Oh, cool. And, Actually, the good stuff is on the west side of the state. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So anyway, there you go. I digress. Fun fact about Tim. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I bring up South Dakota whenever I can. There's not that many opportunities. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. I think we have uh, reached the end. Great questions. Appreciate it. It was pretty cool, Zach. I will say we got through a ton of questions there. When we did the mailbag in a previous version of this show, we would get through like Three. two. Really? Like with Connor? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But we got through a lot, which I think it was good. Um, Thanks for everyone submitting them. Yeah, thanks, guys. Those are awesome. Good questions. Yeah. All right. We will preview the Patriots game. Patriots round two later this week. We're also going to, we mentioned it a little bit. We'll talk about the coin, the magic (laughs) coin. Uh, We'll get somebody on as well to make picks this week. Uh, And all of that coming up later, I think. Friday? Are we going to schedule this now, Marissa? Yeah, yeah, we usually do Friday. Lately, I seem like I feel like that's the best spot. Yeah. All right, Friday, eleven-ish, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. We will talk to everybody then. If you want to join the Athletic, a great time to gift the Athletic a subscription as well. A dollar a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com/slash/can't wait. We'll talk to everybody soon.